Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to a brand new edition of Social Confos. And the song might be a little different because I got a different setup today. Hi, Diego. How are you doing? I would double check if you the right mic. Is you're, you're not hearing me correctly, are you? That's, no. that's good. That's good. <laughs> That's like, test the settings. This Let's sounds different than when we tested it last time. It's a lot better, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. That is the significant. I finally, have it changed. I'm back up to the original setup of social confos, minus the the green screen, because I feel this this is already. No, this of, works. This works. This is kind of a different style already. So happy Valentine, Diego. Yeah, happy Valentine. Yeah. Today is February 14th, and I think we're going to do something a bit different today. Usually, we don't really talk. Yeah, I, I guess we do talk about holidays, but this is another, I would say, would you call it typical holiday? I'm not sure how widespread See, okay. it is in the no, Western. No, no. So, Western so, so, Valentine's Day is a very commercial holiday, but you could make the similar argon, argument. Because it is a Christmas. holiday. Yeah, because it isn't a holiday, which is, you know, usually, usually holidays are associated with people being off from work. Yeah. No, it's a special day, but this is just a day dedicated. It's, it's to, not a holiday. It's a special yeah. day. It's a special international day and one of the most beloved special international days as well. And in, in Suriname, particularly, I mean, getting a reservation tonight to go to a local restaurant here. It's it's kind of difficult. I'm yeah. I'm not sure how it is this year. No, it, it's it's uh, ridiculous. I but it's to... but it's different difficult. I came from the streets, so that's why I said yeah. like I just got home and I texted you like I had to take my mom somewhere and yeah, going there I took you know shortcuts the the roundabout routes I know to get there fast. But coming back, I was like, yeah, why not drive through the city, see the sights <laughs> and like. Should not have yeah. done that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I do have to compliment Surinamese people in, in that regard as they have they have encapsulated the Valentine spirit in Suriname well, quite quite well. One uh, thing I do gotta say, yeah. since we talk about social media a lot, like the I, I'm not sure like social media the past few months, the, the companies playing on special occasions, days. So they've been on fire. So I, I have to I have to confess something. So last week there was an orange red debate. It wasn't really an orange red debate. We're not gonna get into specifics, but let's just say one international food chain took out a post from somebody who was complaining about the color orange. And they were like the, the person was saying, like, hey, I, I can't stand the color orange at the moment, which was much of a political statement. But to the credit of the fast food chain, they jumped in it to perfection. And they were like, hey, we, we have nothing to do with it. But listen, we're the only orange that still makes you happy. And then another international food chain jumped on it saying like, hey, listen, orange in, this, in February? No, it's February is the month of love. Color is red. And they, they fired a shot at, at, at the first company. And I must say, there were already companies responding to the, the first post, but that two big international franchises were responding to each other through posts and one being orange and the other being red led to incredible, incredible jump of 
people joining in and companies joining in as well. Yeah, the spin-off on that was like yeah, it, it wouldn't have happened if if the red came in, then a couple of other companies would join into the orange thing. Like, hey, yeah, we're, we're orange as well. But the the whole red versus orange because basically every company that had orange or red in their logo kind of jumped in, and that was I think that was awesome. And so in Dutch, those things are called inhakers jumping into like what's the hype at the moment and we don't have a lot of those and the mm. reason why don't we we don't have a lot of those is because everything tends to be political or negative like in the mainstream media cycle so it's really hard to jump in like where we do get to jump in for instance is when it's sports usually like we have this weekend two yeah, of our fighters it's getting won, kind so. of hard, harder like the, the association yeah. colors to anything basically the colors colors are political they're called especially in Suriname like the US doesn't really have that problem yeah like, well there's blue and red yeah but it's it's not like for instance people are complaining about the elephant being the logo for the Republicans like that's mm-hmm. not an issue like those things could be an issue here that it's like, ooh, I don't want to be associated with an elephant because it's part of a political party. I don't see Democrats saying like, hey, we hate elephants at the moment. But but what you do see is that our political parties are connected to colors and are connected to a certain type of colors. And the interesting part is when you do marketing and you do color psychology and you really get into that and spiral dynamics as well, as those are like color marketing and spiral dynamics, you get to up observe what colors mean and represent to people. Mm-hmm. And and orange in general is very progressive. Yeah, so that's that's a very interesting thing. And red is very stimulating, especially stimulating towards a purchase. So these, yeah, these things are yeah, like, so these uh, are really interesting. And like in and, and, and but then again for the Dutch, orange is also like yeah, the, the uh, part of royal. the yeah. royalty, royalty and part of the and a lot in sports, everything is orange as well. So that's a different connotation completely than in the U.S. So you see in different cultures, different things. Yeah, contextual. But, but what I have to give credit to the first fast food chain that posted, they made something fun out of a current situation that was kind of negative in a way. You know, like somebody was complaining. Okay, they why made why don't we just call, call them? I, I, I have my reason for that. I don't want to give... I do want to give due credit or I do want to give due credit, but I don't want to associate certain companies in the podcast with it. It's, it's, I, I prefer that, but you can, you can say it if you want to. Like okay. these are internationally, international change. No, I've done, yeah. I respect your choice, but yeah, <laughs> basically the, the, the idea here besides social yeah. God was just to be able to, you know, just yeah. talk about. Just rant in general. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and yeah. basically that's what today's going to be kind of mm-hmm. a rant episode. Semi-rant. No, but it's it's to, it's more a love it, love it or not. Yeah, to to close up on the, the color thing, we we do have another orange related spin-off in the works. It's kind of been shared already on different. Oh social yeah. Media. Oh yeah. So we're gonna oh, talk yeah. about the orange pill in an in another project. Is the red pill or the orange pill? It's the orange pill. Oh really? Okay, yeah, that's interesting. That's called the orange okay. pill. Okay. So I only know red pill, blue pill. Yeah, and and there again. So is that also, is, if we talk about red pill, blue pill, it's, is it's that associated also associated with the color of the logo? Yeah, but is it also associated with, with the red politics and blue politics in the U.S.? 
Is there a semblance there? The red pill, blue pill, that's the matrix reference, but I, I'm yeah. not sure in how much it, it references. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. So, and that's, and I, that's the way I think the holidays are interesting because there's a lot of inception there. Take, take Christmas, for instance. Take Santa Claus, for instance. Yeah. We want to, we want to talk, you want to talk brands? You want me to call out brands? Coca Cola invented Santa Claus. Like, yeah. I mean, like, how commercial is that? Like, but also the color, it's red. Coca Cola is red, Santa Claus is red. Christmas is red. It fits. Yeah, the association to the, the branding. The association to the brand is insane. Like the level of detail and, and the story that was built on top of it commercially is insane. And then you have to realize that for some of us, Santa Claus is a knockoff of Santa Claus, which in Dutch is Sinterklaas. Yeah, which, which is a totally longer, different thing. <laughs> which has a much, much stronger. And if I, if I tell you like Sinterklaas, the the how do you say it? the traditions and the culture behind that is so much str- stronger and that's also a reason why they cannot or they have troubles getting rid of black feet yeah they just they, they just can't just get rid of 100%. that character because there's so much in, in, in inception within the confi- the, uh, the conviction that that that's part of the culture whereas there are hundreds of years where that where that person didn't exist or that entity didn't exist in the storyline of, of that holiday. So those are really interesting topics. And I guess that brings you to, to Valentine. Like, yeah, so Valentine. do you know the, like, the, the inception of Valentine? I, I, know yeah, well, like, I kind of you, know you the Valentine I, I only know it as mo- the, the modern times, yeah. like, you know, when yeah, it's but, already been commercialized. I tried doing some digging, but so my... So here's the funny thing. The, the backstory of Valentine... And the love story of Valentine and his lover, it's not as interesting, not even close no. to other holidays. It's just not. Or let me say other special days. It's, it's just not. There's not that much of a, of a story. It's like, especially nowadays, it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's, is yeah. it better than Romeo and Juliet? Nah, I'd say it really. kind of got an, a life of its own through the modern commercialization that's been surrounding it. And yeah. as time has gone by, it has gotten a life of its own, whereas something like, as you mentioned before, Sinterklaas, it's kind of that core origin, the inception kind of stayed strong throughout history, I would say. And now you have those controversies, but with Valentine, it's like, I'd say the industrial side, the commercial side, companies started to see like, oh, if we associate this, people, the, the idea of gift giving to make someone you care about feel special or something to capitalize on that. I think that's how I see kind of propelled Valentine to the, the hype it has now or the, the significance it has now in our modern day world. Would you agree or disagree with that? But how does it factor into the day itself? Well, okay, let's break it down a bit. Valentine, basically, in, in layman term, the most simplest way is, you know, expressing your love and affection towards someone else. Yeah. That's how I would understand yes. it, okay. right? Yeah. And so how much of the story of Valentine itself do you take into account? Like the history, the historical story? Yeah, well, lot. okay, so, yeah, so that's the thing. So there's already a disconnect there. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's kind of been like what we've been fed through media. I would say the, the current and younger generations have been fed that through How media. Much? So let's say you're in high school. Yeah. And you know, there's like, all, there are a lot of high schools. I wouldn't say all of them. There are a lot of high schools that allow you to buy roses. Yeah. For I had that too. Like others Ateneum, or people like, that, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, how much does it trans the origin story translate into that? So, for instance, like, how much do you feel like, hey, this is a day that I can tell the person I like, I really that I really like her. I don't put much into the origin story. I kind of maybe me from like you know ten fifteen years ago, the naive high school me would have differently about it but the more recent cynical okay have you have you have you on Valentine's day ever given somebody a rose whether it's personal or anonymous oh yeah 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 Yeah. high school times right yeah yeah, yeah. but like i said those were different times so to speak but coming back to you know the expression no it's of, it's no it's not it's no different times it's it's like it legitimizes the position okay let, okay let's say yeah. not different time different personality yeah i'm still the same person but different perspectives on yeah. these topics i would say okay but do you remember the last time you did something for somebody on valentine's day yeah i i'd, I'd okay. say yeah so there is still something there that feels gives you like, hey, I do want to do something special this day. The, the the thing is more like I don't want to give in to the consumerism, and I I'd rather do it <laughs> just another random day of the month, just for the the sake of it. Of, of but it's it's not the consumerism. So this year, for instance, I gave I did a different approach. This year, I made personal notes for my wife and I hid them in different spots where I would think she would look during the day. So these are like funny. I'm not going to tell the the full story. Those are creative uh, ways of expression. And these are really simple. And and sometimes that's more valuable than a gift because it's a personal message. So it's personally for her. I I 100% agree with that. Thing to her. And and they were like in places that would surprise her. So they weren't like, I, I didn't put them on the fridge or on the door. I put them in places where I thought there was a high probability that a certain point of the day, she would open it up. Yeah. Like, and I, this was, this took some timing, of course, because I had to plan that she wasn't aware that I was doing stuff. So for instance, in her wallet, I put, I put a message. Like I wrote it down on a piece of paper and I put it and I had to make sure that one, she didn't see it, but also that I know she's going to, at a certain point during the day, she's going to pull out her wallet and then there's going to be something stuck in it and then she'll, she'll read it. So, but the reason why I'm telling this is like, that's not consumerism. No, I I agree. I completely agree with that. But that's, you know, one instance, for example, but if you look at the purity you look at the association, as you said, the selling of roses or flowers. That's, that's or, your uh, choice. That's that's I agree. your choice. I, I completely no, no, no. agree. I, I it's not to, to disagree, but it's it's just to give people a perspective. Like everything why is, are you why are you celebrating Valentine? Like everything is your people, choice. Yeah. Everything is your choice. But media and modern 
capitalism and consumerism influences that choice. And some people can act or react or to those stimulations differently than others or incorporate it in a, a more special way. But if you look at it, the majority is just pure mainstream consumerism. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's, it helps. Like, yeah. like we just said, certain, there's not a lot of things you can, like, for a Surinamese company, for instance, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there are different countries in the world where this is the same thing. You want to tap into something that's hype or newsworthy or interesting Agreed. on that particular yeah. day. And then with Valentine's Day, you have such a day, which yeah. is positive all around. You can make a spin of it. You can also say like, uh, we're going to celebrate the 13th because then everybody's like, huh? I need to find a date for Valentine. Or you can do a singles event on Valentine's Day as well. I mean, those things are, but these are niche kind of. The, the mainstream, like you said, it's just like, hey, this is Valentine's Day. Let's do something for your loved ones. And then, of course, consumerism, consumerism steps in. I think one of my favorites, I can't even call it a, is... The Theory of Situationist by Guy Debord. So, Not familiar with that one. Okay, yeah. so Guy Debord was, was a Frenchman. I wouldn't necessarily say he was a philosopher, but I do feel he was, he's one of the most underrated philosophers, especially when it comes to, to urban development. And he basically describes himself as a situationist, saying like, basically every, every human being has like a triangle that they live. So they live somewhere and they go to home or to work and then they go home and they go maybe to somewhere else. So there's like a triangle of three places that they regularly visit. And all they always drive the same roads. Back then there weren't that many cars, but they always drive the same roads. They always have the same habits. So you get sucked in like 90% of the life that you live. It's kind of repetition doing the same thing, doing the same thing. And when you do that, when you're stuck, you get stuck. Like there's no inspiration, new influences coming in, which makes you also less, I don't think he necessarily specified that, but it also makes you less receptive to, to change and different opinions because everything that you see is often stimulating the thing that you want. And his thesis on this is that situations, situationists are able to live a more enjoyable life because they experience new things. They seek out, they see different things, which makes it easier to live life to the fullest instead of going this triangle. You go to work, go to school or whatever, you go home. That's, that's called like your life. That's all yeah. you have. You get out of the cycle. Of the, you get out of the cycle. Or something and, novel. And yeah. And he would do things like go to a city and take a map from another city and use that map to, to walk. And then you would stumble upon things and you would go places that you would normally not visit. It's a very ideological concept. But basically what Guy Bar also said is that cars were going to ruin lives in the sense of like, okay, now it's like everybody's in a car and you don't really walk and experience and engage with others. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't go as far that he predicted the current situation in the world, but he also complained about consumerism quite a lot. And I think it's really interesting for you, but for anybody listening who is like, if, if this tidbit of like three minutes 
it, it sparks something for you, you should definitely check out Guido Bar and his perception on situational situationist theory. Because he doesn't call himself situation as much as especially not situationalism, because he feels like that's also putting like a constraint on his theory. Mm-hmm. So it's a really, really fascinating concept. And I think the thing that I enjoy most, he talks about the society of the spectacle. Of course, it's in French, so it's La Société du Spectacle or, so, or yeah, something like that. But the, side, the society of the spectacle is kind of what's happening right now. Like yeah, Gidebar yeah. in Gidebar, before the internet was officially made available worldwide, kind of completely described the spectacle that we live in now, which is completely based on spectacle, completely based on entertainment, completely based on building up these hypes and brands that jump into the hypes. And he kind of, in the late 60s, early 70s, was very well aware of this. And there is a connection between situationalism in art and the time frame of, of, of Guy Debord's prominence. Can you repeat it? Between art and his prominence? Like, what's the relationship here? So there, there is, definitely, there is definitely influence between artists, situationist artists, and the theories in, in, in How Debord's. would you describe situationalism? Or situationalism. So that's the thing. So according to the bar, you cannot say situationalism because that would say that there's a fixed structure of yeah. what it means. But if you look from situational art, oh, that's 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 really difficult to to. Let's ask ChatGPT. Yeah, I think I think it's a good one for for situational YouTube. art. Yeah. Okay. Well, while we wait for the other one. And it's a, that's an interesting tangent, yeah. But yeah, coming back to that point, agree, it's choice and people, companies play in on the hype and that's yeah. their right. That's yeah. uh, any, you know, company who does not do that is basically making a stupid business decision because you're basically leaving Why is it stupid? Table. No, but, but no, why no, no, is no. It? Yeah. yeah. I'm so, just dropping extremes yeah. right now. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the episode is called love it or not i mean you either love it or you don't yeah and, and you you have to decide for yourself how much you want to jump but and i feel because everything is I, a range you know everything is yeah. a range and it, it's not black and white but yeah. you know to make sometimes to make a point you you, you gotta be you gotta uh, become more extreme yeah a, a bit more extreme and coming back to the situationalist theory yeah. Everything is contextual and situational if, if I need to interpret it that way. So yes, it could be not a stupid decision and you plan around it, but looking at the majority, the 80, 90% of it, it, it is how most 80% of society of the world kind of operates because that is how a society has been structured in, in, in the capitalist society that we are now. Oh, it's, it's so incredibly interesting how society is structured. I mean, I think that's one of the things that that's that's really interesting. So okay, I don't, before you go into that, okay, okay, here, I have a short description here. Situational art is a term okay. used to describe a form of art that is designed to take place in specific social situations or contexts. It is often associated with the situational inst- international, a group of artists and intellectuals. Okay, so the the group. so situationist art international is the group of Guy Debord. 
yeah, it's, it's a group of artists yeah. and intellectuals who emerged, emerged in Europe in the 50s and 60s and aimed to critique and support capitalist culture. So it was basically a club, a closed club. Yeah, it was. These it intellectuals was and artists yeah, who and were like, ha, huh, let us look at these Western cultures and philosophize on, you know, how this is destroying our world. That's how I imagine it playing so, out. So, okay. So we've, we've gotten somewhere. Okay. Because I, I, we're going to ask GPT another question. Because I was going to do another segue, but do, let's do this segue. One of my favorite ERB epic rap battles of all time is Eastern philosophers, philosophers versus Western philosophers. Did I philosophers. see one? Have you seen it? Yeah. I'm not it's, sure. It's Nisha, Socrates, and Voltaire. Oh, wait. First Sun Tzu, Confucius, and... I probably saw it, but whoa, this is seven years ago. I I probably saw it because I I, I saw all of them. Like, whenever... Okay, so this is Eastern versus Western philosophy. It's it's really interesting. And at a certain point, because this is really well known, because when I was studying in Europe, Europe, I, I came across these philosophers a lot, especially... The Western, because yes, I studied, studied in Western Europe. So the Western philosophers were the first ones that I got into read about. Funny enough, I feel more towards the Eastern philosophers because yes, I have Chinese heritage and I'm much more interested in Taoism than I am into Westerns and ways of life. So it's, it's very interesting. And I think that's also part of life I haven't examined enough. Because you also have spiritual mm-hmm. me- uh, mental health, and I haven't tapped into to that at all. I've been avoiding it because it takes a deeper understanding, and I'm not comfortable with that deeper understanding at this point in my life. I'm, I'm kind of rebelling against and holding it up. But the interesting thing is like how it's different. And then when I learned about Voltaire, I had a conversation with my dad. And the first thing my dad said was like, you know, he rigged the lottery, right? And... Not in a judging way, but to contextualize Voltaire okay. for people who haven't heard of him. Okay, Voltaire is a as a conformist. Voltaire is is the is the one who kind of propelled the whole free speech thing. Like like when we think of modern free speech, Voltaire is like and Voltaire always confronted. Actually, I'm not sure if he's a conformist or he confronted conformist. I think it's it's the latter. I was always trying to show that things could be done different and that you should be open to opinions and that you should look at it from a different perspective. And as it is stated that as an experiment, he created a lottery and he erected it. So that's also used in, in, in the ERB. Okay, so how, how, how that conversation with your dad turned out when he, he told you that? So it was, it was like interesting. Like it was kind of like Nietzsche, like if I would choose like Socrates and Nietzsche, Nietzsche, the, the person I, I found most interesting while, while I was studying, I have to look into it again and see if my thought process has changed over the past, I think it's almost 20 years now. But like 18, 20 years ago, I, I was more towards Nietzsche. The only thing where I differed, like both from Guy Debord and Nietzsche, is that I never had suicidal thoughts or <laughs> decided to kill myself or became mentally crazy for not being able because I never went in I <laughs> I never went to it full like really trying to also convince people to live differently because I don't believe in that 
but it was really interesting. And then when I mentioned Voltaire, my dad told me like, yeah, okay, you read the lottery. I was like, mm, okay, interesting. And then in ERB, they actually kind of have a bar dedicated to that. That Socrates <laughs> is saying like, I don't want to be associated with you because you're that, you're that kind of person. And then it's also thing that Sun Tzu goes into the art of war and actually uses these war methods against. But why I'm bringing this up to make the segue go for complete circle is like it's interesting to see whether or not when it comes to inceptions of special international days or inception of holidays, it's interesting to see what the impact is between the Western world and the Eastern world. Because from a lunar perspective, when it comes to what's your sign, I, I mean, yeah, like yeah, when when yeah. the year when had the year of the rabbit started, I'm 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 not gonna say religious enough because I'm not, but I do look at my Chinese horoscope. Yeah, I you know I I, I have noticed that like the the weight on the the lunar astrology it's kind of more than and i'm not sure if that's biased but from what i've been able to observe it has some more weight than the traditional western astrology which is the zodiac signs but but the zodiac sign is more commercialized isn't it yeah yeah that that is true so that's that's the interesting difference between eastern and western philosophies and you have to be careful because you're putting like people in a box or countries in a box, which they aren't because it isn't really Eastern versus Western. Yeah. But the country isn't yeah, in a it's, box, you but can't go geographically. You can still which, say there is but a we do, yeah. bias. Yeah. yeah. But we do see a difference and it would be interesting, for instance, can you ask Chat GPT how Valentine is celebrated in different Asian countries? I mean, you could ask that, for instance. I <laughs> could. And, oh, it, and it will be interesting to see if, in, to what extent, AI is already able to pick up on on cultural differences, or whether it's going to say like, "No, it's the same," or whether it's going to say like, "Hey, you're racist for asking that question." Like, how? Oh, it's actually giving extent? me. It's yeah. actually giving me answer now. Here are okay. a few examples. Japan, Valentine's Day is typically celebrated by giving chocolates or other gifts to men. I actually see. Oh this wow! Kind of wow. That's, that's yeah, women giving that's chocolate. Different. Yeah, uh, that's different. Obligatory chocolate or true feeling chocolate, like specific types of chocolate. So this hmm. makes me wonder, is that's for Japan? I want to know how Valentine's Day is celebrated in Belgium. Okay, wait. I have okay, a few go more ahead. here. Go, go, yeah. South Korea. Yeah. Okay, South Korea is similar to Japan, China. Okay, in China, it's relatively new and it's becoming more popular but i think that's due to you know western influence yeah india okay india doesn't have that tradition i would at least according to chat gpt i'm not sure how accurate this is yeah people were reading and, of chat gpt right now it's it's like reading of wikipedia in 2005 yeah. don't don't blame if it's something is not truly correct but yeah, I, I'd say like the, the Japan and South Korea kind of surprising. Like you know, they're their yeah, own like spin on it. First of all, tradition it, is it different. Is, you know, the yeah. core is conceptually expressing the affection and love towards another, and they have a different approach. Interesting. And you are asking about Belgium. Yeah, about well, Belgium, because if if Japan does chocolate and 
Belgium is known for their chocolate. So how do the Belgians approach Valentine? In Belgium? Yeah. But what's the history? Like what, what region did Valentine originate in? It's Europe, right? If, if you look at the history of... Well, you should ask that to Jet, Jet GPT. If you, if you want more Wikipedia, like ChatGPT, Google, like answer. It just crashed. Oh, okay, it crashed. I'm refreshing, <laughs> I'm refreshing it right Probably now. Probably it's like, what is an appropriate last minute <laughs> gift for Valentine's Day? <laughs> hey, I, I bet, I bet there's a lot yeah. of people, like especially young people, <laughs> having gone to ChatGPT and like uh, gift ideas, romantic gift ideas, oh, last wow. minute gift ideas. <laughs> But hey, so so, in in essence, how is that different from what we did like early two thousand with with Wikipedia and Google, Wikipedia it's not, for, it's, yeah, it's it's not right. It it just synthesizes a list like easier for you. Like oh, if you're on a budget, do this. It's kind of made it more efficient, I'd say, in how to navigate information and consume information. Because that's the argument on Google, right? Nowadays, yeah. especially as you get more information on the internet, you search something, you, you open five tabs to cross-reference to see if you can use anything, and then you need to synthesize, skim through all the articles yourself, etc. Whereas okay. ChatGPT kind of reads everything for you and tries to constructively organize that for you in a structured way that you can consume more easily. So, but here's the problem though, like we've already have an issue with, I did my research on this and <laughs> so, so people are going to use chat GPT and then consider themselves experts. And I do want to warn people to be careful with that in the sense that, so a very famous person in Suriname who first got famous through being a correspondent for a Dutch television, then started the U Journal in, in Suriname, the New Youth News, or News for Youngsters, and won international awards with it and has her own, her own agency for events and marketing. She also put down her name and asked, like, what does her name mean? Or what is Hannah Dreiba? And ChatGPT mm. <laughs> just took something of a website with had a similar name and started saying that I think it was a company that made doors or something. <laughs> So, so yeah, it, it, I mean, context is important as well. Yeah, but, uh, but that's the thing. When you yeah. start going on personalities, you, you need to look yeah. at how much public data is available, right? Yeah. Because being a language model basically crawls the internet based mm. on all the public data that is available. So someone who's completely private or less known and you have similarities. Because I saw another article from an artist in the Netherlands, for example, and yeah. there was a lot of things not correct because yeah. that GPT tries to predict based on kind of similarities, connections, and tries to predict what would be natural to say. So that that's where things get. Do you know the college humor Google in real life? I used to watch college humor a lot. Okay, so there's a college day. humor sketch called "If Google Google in Real Life," and then people come to his desk and say what they would normally type into Google. Yeah. So have like you ever done? Humanoid. Have you have you ever typed in? Are you willing to share your screen, Google on your screen? I, I can. Yeah, because I'm I'm gonna right. give you a certain 
command. Do you want a logged in Google or a non? No, it doesn't matter. No, it, it just has to be the screen, the, the Google search screen. Are you going like the predictive the text? No, we're just going to type something in and going to see what happens. Give me a sec. Window. And so what, what was this? going on in that particular episode was... This is... Yeah. Okay. Do a barrel roll. Do a... Do, uh, there's a song, Alicia? No, do a barrel roll. That's just... just yeah. yeah, I know this. Yeah. These are some, some of the Easter eggs that Google Yeah, has. so these are like Easter eggs that were also in the, put into the sketch, right? And, and that's just... There's, there's more, there's, there isn't much more to that. So the idea basically is that somebody came in and say like, Hey, give me all the resorts or resources of our articles where they provide that my claim is true. Like for instance, the earth is flat. Give me all information on the earth is flat. And then you will be like, okay, these are all the articles on the earth is round. <laughs> and there's this one article that you're this flat and then she would be like i told you i told you like that was an example that wasn't i think that wasn't the real example in the sketch but just to give people yeah, but, uh, an idea of, yeah. like and then he would be like like there's a stack of things here that's saying one thing is correct and you just take the art so that's the same thing with chat gpt like mm. somebody can just type in what happens when you type into jet gpt for instance what is the proof that earth is the earth is flat Give me proof that the earth is flat. I'm really interested. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in JetGPT, give me proof that the earth is flat. Well, that generates one bit. Do you know what the origin is from do a battle role? I'm really interested to hear. It's actually a video game reference. I think it's Star Fox. If you had old Nintendo 64, like a space game with, you know, you had yeah. some animal characters in spaceships and one of the characters, one of the moves was always like do a barrel roll and yeah. kind of caught, caught, yeah, it was funny. Also, there were a lot of people that were searching for do a barrel roll. Yeah. And it's like, a, it's not a reference to that. And okay. basically Okay. Then he's correcting me. It was like Google was a person. That's, that's what yeah. the series is called. Yeah. And a barrel roll is basically the airplanes. Also, if they... Fly like this, right? Like a barrel. Yeah. Like avoidance maneuver or something to dodge bullets or missiles. But yeah. So what did uh, GPT say? Give me proof uh, that the earth is flat. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry, but there is no scientific or empirical proof that the earth is flat. So if you would go on Google. In fact, the overwhelming scientific evidence, including observations of the earth from space, measurements of the earth's shape, size, and numerical data, all support the fact that the earth is nearly spherical shape. See, so it's so synthesized. So yeah. here's, but here's the interesting, this is where chat GPT is different from Google. Yeah, but Google is just a crawler and searches queries, like search yeah. keywords. But, but technically it's, GPT, it's the evolution. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to say that chat GPT is kind of the new Google and that's why Google is also so hard on using AI and, and, and getting, getting involved in in that part of the industry as well. And then because, you get to the uh, next thing, commercialization of AI. Well, then then you need to uh, take this apart in commercialization 
of AI of commercialization of AI services because how would you package commercialization of AI as you just said it now? In yeah, no, you're to, you're gonna you're in gonna comparison to commercialization of something like Valentine's Day. Well, commercialization of search, I wouldn't go as far as commercialization of Valentine's Day. You're gonna use it for Valentine's yeah. Day. So, for instance, an AI use would be if your significant other likes Brad Pitt, and then you have Brad Pitt give a personal message to your significant other. Good. Saying like, hey, Diego I, 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 spoke I, I, with me and he thought no. it would be nice to send you a nice message. And he it's just even wanted to be- let you know it's that even even worse I'm, than available, that. I'm available for you, he still would be a better fit. Right? It's it's even worse than that because yeah. you have GPT now, you know, generating yeah. conversations. Deepfakes are getting more sophisticated, like oh, definitely. audio audio generated, spoken audio. Can Did also we mention be, the M&M song? No, I haven't checked that out yet, but uh, okay. let me finish this point. Okay. It's also getting more sophisticated and video as well. But let, let's stick to the audio one. Like, for example, there was one on Twitter that I saw where the AI basically replicated the way Jordan Peterson spoke. Like oh. the, his voice, his tone, everything. And people were only able to discern that it wasn't him because of certain things he said. Like, that's not something Jordan Peterson would say, but the, the whole delivery or the, the delivery the voice was and the basically voice Jordan Peterson. Yeah. 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 So you don't and really want to become everything. too famous. So you could say, hey, so you, you, like you really Pitt, don't want to become too famous. Because if you become too famous and your yes, voice data. is however... <laughs> So basically, they already have too much data for 101 episodes of social confos where they have my voice, which is concerning. <laughs> well, now you have a different, you know, yeah. you're using a mic now, so the fidelity is kind of different. Yeah, so you're sure. You're throwing a curveball. Whatever. In the, in the yeah, sure. sure. But whatever. yeah, one was that of the Eminem song, because I okay. actually missed so, that. I, okay, I so last week, go by. So last week, David Guetta got a lot of publicity. Because David Guetta went to an AI app and he told the AI app, about this topic, write me a first for Eminem. And the AI wrote a first for Eminem. Then he went to another AI. For uh, Eminem the, the rapper. chocolate or Eminem the rapper? The rapper. Oh, okay. So I have to be more specific. Yeah, he yeah. probably was very I saw something else on Eminem the chocolate. Okay, so I, yeah, but I they probably jumped in into he probably yeah. they probably jumped into that. So that was really smart marketing. But so he he asked an AI bot to write a text for Eminem for a first for Eminem, and then when the bot did that and gave him the output, he went to a different AI app, and he told them bring out these lyrics with Eminem's voice, and he brought out the lyrics without Eminem's voice. And then he dropped the song at a major event and synthesized Eminem's voice into the song. And when the crowd heard Eminem's voice, they just went berserk. Like, they went insane. And he only, after the performance was done, in an interview, revealed 
that this wasn't a collaboration with Eminem, but this it's was actually AI. AI. Got it. So that's insane. That's that's just insane. Yeah, it's like an MKBHD video where he basically tried something similar, like writing a song and like completely generate the AI. And I guess I was using something more sophisticated, but that was... If, if you crazy. really want to see where where AI goes wrong, I think it was Levi Rossman, Gotham Chess on YouTube. And he shared a game, a chess game between Stockfish, which is currently the best computer, like chess computer, against Chat GPT. And... We were like, wait, is, is this AI already going to beat Stockfish at a game of chess? And yeah, ChatGPT did moves that weren't allowed. There were pieces disappearing from the board and pieces coming back from the board. Yeah, and the most insane thing is how it, I'm not going to spoil how it ended. But if you're in if you in chess interested in chess whatsoever, search on Google stock first stockfish versus ChatGPT Gotham Chess, and it's the funniest ending ever. It ends with a move that has never been doing uh, done on the professional chess level. So yeah, it's 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 insane. It's it's really and then you get to love it or love it or not. And AI generated. Valentine gifts. Well, AI generated Valentine gifts. So, one, how do you contain that gift? Like, a gift can be a song. It could be something. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It could be something physical. Yeah. So, I'd say as technology evolves, it just gives more possibilities. And to go into Danny's point here on it, a topic on isn't that grounds on getting sued for example on music that's where we're entering new grounds so now legislation and depending on which jurisdiction yeah, you are it's gonna too, take a while <laughs> it, it's gonna take a while to catch up so maybe but there is no precedence yet there hasn't it hasn't happened before so so how who, who can sue so for instance i use let's say i would use chat gpt to write a caption for a facebook post what yeah, falls it, within, you know, yeah. copyright territory yeah. and what falls on, on the free speech. Because now if everything is going, going under the label of, you know, this is doable, the, you can't do that. You're again restricting people of what they can and cannot do. And you're getting into control. If you're talking about creative expression, what is the definition of creative expression? Even there, there's boundaries being created. So I don't want to go into too no, much to it's gonna it become you know what the funny thing is Diego it's gonna be recognizable and, yeah. and here's the funny thing I mean it's gonna I've be seen... recognizable to a certain degree as we develop to, you know as we de develop over the years you know looking back at 10-15 years ago looking at 240p screens or eyes adjusted we're gonna see a surgery patterns but that is also gonna get improved on as the AI iterates on that and gets learned. So it's going to be a catch-up between the two. It's always. And like, I'm going to give an example. Like when I started vlogging, 
I started using certain Otis McDonald songs because like Otis McDonald's is an OG song creator on YouTube. It has a lot of copyright free music. And then you get into the, 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 the music library of YouTube. And then you start getting used to, used to, used to certain songs that you can use in your videos. Now, you'll be surprised how often I recognize songs that I used six years ago in content oh, creators oh, now, like sure. all the time, like for all sure. the time. So like you're going to recognize, you're going to know it. And recently we did a, 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 I wouldn't call it, a, yeah, it's a commercial, social media commercial video for one of our clients. And I came up with three, three songs that were interesting. The first song was kind of copyright free, but you had to pay $19 to an Enfato market or something. $19 to own the license for the song because it's copyright free, but you have to pay the license for it. Yeah, like licensing fees. Yeah, because that's the difference too. Yeah, copyright and licensing yeah. is royalty free. Yeah. It's, and the funny thing is, it's listed on YouTube as being copyright free, but you actually have to go to the website to pay for it because the, the YouTube version has, if you listen to it, like what we would consider a watermark in text, it has like yeah, this small. Yeah. Like I don't know if you know that. Also has that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know you if you know the the audio jungle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beat, yeah. But it also, oh, you know what was bad about <laughs> that? I actually yeah. here heard yeah. a commercial on the radio. Yeah, and the commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had the audio <laughs> jungle. I, if they I don't was listen, like yeah. baffled. Yeah. If they don't listen, collect. So, and then the second option was on a website that also had like this. And then in that case, it was you either pay $7 a month or you pay $5 a month if you do yearly. So that would be $60. And then you could choose all the songs on that one. Okay. And then the third option was the song collection for Facebook, the copyright free song collection from Facebook, which, for instance, is what we use for the intro for social yeah. convos. And right? we, I think we actually the social that. Yeah, because as these platforms provide copyright or free music, it's safe within their platform. Say another platform rises up, it doesn't necessarily give you the rights yeah. to publish stuff with that content on that platform. Yeah. So, copyright is even more complicated than you know. It's it's really it, complicated. It's based on where and yeah. how you use yeah. it. Yeah. So we ended up in the end. The video was edited towards the third one. And the edit actually was pretty good, or really good, actually. But yeah, I I had to search for a song that fit the, the concept and the script for three hours. And if Chat GPT does it or an AI does it, you're gonna get a lot of similar songs. Like it's gonna be, oh, you use Chat GPT for that, or you use AI for that, because People are at a certain point going to know because it's it's gonna be recognizable. They're gonna. But if you look at music, just yeah. just to wrap this up as we close it, if you look at music as well, like for example, a lot of rock songs, or if you look at the guitar chords, or three, three or four. That's chords, that's something that's the same. What's his name? And Ed Sheeran, if, I think Ed Sheeran. Yeah. On, he did it on Dutch television. He he showed And, and if you break it yeah. down, there's a lot of alignment you can do, but there's still a lot of creativity. So, of course, there's going to be overlap to certain degrees. And 
it's going to be up to the creators to create or have a differentiating factor or a wow factor, or you got to be the first one to, to go hype mainstream with it. So that, that's, that's the other downside. So yes, it allows now people you're going... to rapidly create more and faster, but then it also raises the bar for people to differentiate themselves. So let's Man. go. We're going, Love it or we're hate going it. down the rabbit hole, but we're going to bring it back. Because Love then we're going to... It. Yeah, we're we're going into another ERB, ERB, Nikola Tesla versus Thomas Edison. That one I do remember. Like it's those who don't know the history, basically Nikola Tesla, that's kind of also the inspiration, I think, from Tesla, the company. Yeah. Uh, the, the philosophy well, has of, yeah. of, you know, making an innovation and basically supplying it to the world as a free, well, free thing or knowledge should be free and people should be able to use and adapt it because for the be- it is for the be- betterment of society. It is for the evolution of society, whereas Thomas Edison basically packaged that up and coming back to the topic, as we talked about, commercialized electricity, the light bulb, and made, I'd say, bank on that and kind of, yeah, didn't give credit where credit is due if I remember my history correctly. Oh, but. no, it's not so much as credit as credit. He just had a different perception of a business. So that's, yeah. you know, so a that's, that's the, yeah, that's, that's the problem. And he has also have a, has a different kind of sense of humor <laughs> than Tesla had because Tesla was a workaholic that didn't really have humor. So here's the thing with Musk getting into a similar situation as, as Tesla. Of course, Musk is much more entrepreneurial than, than Tesla was and much more successful in, in that order. Maybe and as a lord himself. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, the line, I have read it. It, it, has, it has so many layers. Oh, what line? I have read it. In the, that's a line in ERB between oh. Tesla says. And it has a double antenna, right? Yeah, yeah. He has read it as I've read it, but I, he also has read it. Yeah, the read it So it's, yeah, it's yeah. really, the, the, the texts are brilliant. The, the writers for ERB are just insanely brilliant. But to get back to that point, a lot of people don't realize Musk's involvement in chat GPT. And then a lot of people also don't re- realize Microsoft and Bill Gates is involvement in chat GPT. So that's well, already, been, yeah. Yeah, like Microsoft, like it's been recently announced. Uh, you can check out some videos on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, well, committed like another, they already invested a few years ago, $1 billion and yeah. they committed another $10 billion for 49% stake in open AI. So, and they're going to integrate it into Bing, basically yeah. to compete with Google. Yeah, against Google. I mean, it's like, it's like so freaking predictable. There's like one person that's doing it for the good of humanity and the other person is like completely commercializing it. And this is, people have to understand, this is what happened with WhatsApp and Meta or Facebook for that matter. Yeah. WhatsApp was always going to be free. That was the whole concept. And WhatsApp was losing a lot of money because of it, because they weren't charging anybody anything. There was no ad revenue. So they weren't using. And now, of course, Sook bought it. And Meta wants to make earn money out of WhatsApp. But they realized a long time ago that just blatantly putting ads on WhatsApp 
would drive people off of WhatsApp. So I think the yeah, only right. reason we don't are we aren't on WhatsApp going like, hey, wait a minute, why is there an advertisement in my, in my WhatsApp? That's if that happens, people are like, they're gonna do yeah. yeah. But then then again, they don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to because they have a bigger ecosystem. But what they do get out of yeah, but WhatsApp, they what they do is they take the data. data. Yeah, they do take the data. They take the data and feed that. Ha- have you ever had a conversation in WhatsApp with your friend? Blah blah blah. And, and see then an ad you go on Facebook, Facebook and you see the ad. Yes. So that's that's, that's because how it's they, part of the ecosystem. Yeah, that's how they, they do it for now. But, they use the data to commercial to still, capitalize. Yeah, but it's still platform. from a commercial perspective. I'm not sure they they get their money's worth out of it completely. So that's that's another there's another issue. So well, I, I we, think we these still are, need to see how like their pivot to the metaverse is gonna turn out because the, the amount of money they put into that is also astronomical. Yeah, but that's that's gonna get traction for, in two years. Yeah, that's uh, gonna get traction. When, when in two we get years. there. We'll, we'll think, leave that uh, for episode two hundred. <laughs> yeah, we, we went on quite a tangent from, you know, starting off with a V Day Valentine history and ended with AI wars again, the the philosophies on AI and basically how all that's coming into shape. But I think uh, this was a good episode. I think we can leave it at that for now. We'll definitely go deeper and dive more into AI in future episodes. It, it's a given at this point. And hopefully we should have a guest again next week if everything's on schedule. So any closing thoughts and before we tune out? Yeah. I have a couple of big decisions that I'm going to make within the next 24 hours. So wish me luck. All right. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening, wish John Luke good luck and let's hope. No, and for everybody enough. tuning in or listening to the replay of this podcast, I'm wishing you luck as well this week. I do want the best for everybody. And it's not just for me, but I also believe that if we support each other, we can achieve a lot of great things instead of constantly dividing people in differences of opinion. Whether you love it or not, it's always better to share what you love than to complain about what you do not love from others. That's my worst right. of wisdom for this week. That's a nice place to end it. Until next week, this was Social Carnivals. Goodbye. Goodbye.